Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order of delicious-tasting protein bars. As always, I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is, of course, a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a quick look around the NHL. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts. You can get each new episode automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. It goes a long way towards helping build the community and increase exposure, especially on Apple. So Apple users, if you could do that today, love you very much. Now, I hope you have had sufficient time to recover from the Bruins' Game 5 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning on Monday night, eliminating the Bruins from the postseason and ending what we had hoped would be a, another shot at a Stanley Cup. I don't know if you've been on Instagram, but uh, I've seen Charlie McAvoy reunited with his dog Otto, uh, Brad Marchand reunited with his wife and children, and that for me has helped to kind of ease the pain of uh, the Bruins' loss, just knowing that they're back with their families after uh, being away for several weeks in the bubble up here in Toronto. The big question following their loss was whether or not this was the last chance for this core group to win a Stanley Cup. Last year, the uh, road was paved quite smoothly for them to get to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, which was arguably their toughest matchup of the first three rounds in seven games. Uh, Then they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets after they had upset the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then uh, they faced the Carolina Hurricanes in the Stanley Cup semifinals or the Eastern Conference Finals after they had beaten uh, the Washington Capitals and the New York Islanders to get to uh, the third round. And then after all that, they faced the St. Louis Blues team that was at one point last season dead last in the NHL. Still, they couldn't get it done, and uh, they came out strong again this season, winning the President's Trophy as the top team in the regular season. That was all for naught as the regular season was put on pause due to COVID-19. The bubble situation, everybody came in kind of more on level playing ground after having been off for upwards of three months, so all the momentum that they had built up in the regular season was gone. By that point, teams had had a chance to rest and recoup. And on top of that, they had to fight again to re-earn that number one seed, which they, of course, failed to do and fell to the four seed. They did rebound with a pretty impressive series win over the Carolina Hurricanes. 
Chances looked okay against the Lightning, but ultimately, of course, they lost in five games. And again, much of the talk from all the beat writers in Boston and across the NHL even is whether or not this core has had its day. So I thought we'd just take a quick look at each position and see where the Bruins are at in terms of their core players and how long they might be around and how many more uh, chances this this group might have. Now, let's start from the back end and work our way forward. Let's begin in net. Yaroslav Halak, prior to return to play, signed a uh, one-year contract extension worth $2.25 million. He proved his worth as a backup or a complimentary starter to Tuka Rask all regular season long, was pressed into starting duty after Rask opted to leave the bubble. I wouldn't even put it that way. He almost had to leave the bubble with what we know now, with one of his daughters uh, facing a medical emergency. I defy anyone who has children to say that they would not have made the exact same choice. And if you're critical of that, then you either lack empathy or you have never been in those shoes. So I don't resent Tukarask at all for that decision. Now, Halak, of course, back for one more season. Whether or not he's the starter or, again, a complimentary starter, 1A, 1B situation, depends on what happens with Tukarask. I referenced an article written by Kevin Paul DuPont after he left the bubble saying, basically, there's no way the Bruins could welcome him back. He walked out on his team. Uh, has proven to be unreliable, taken a personal leave in the past, has been able to get the Bruins to the promised land uh, after failed attempts to win the Stanley Cup Finals in 2019-2013, despite the fact that he had amazing save percentages in both of those playoff runs. I think if Rask is willing to come back, every indication is that the Bruins would welcome him back with open arms. You can't you know, fault a guy for leaving due to a medical emergency. Everybody said they understood that uh, they supported him. And if he's coming back next season to honor the final year of his contract, then uh, I don't see how that wouldn't be possible. He does have one year left on his current contract worth uh, $7 million. He'll be a free agent at the end of 2020-2021. I think the only scenario in which uh, he's not part of the core group for at least one more season is if he just decides to retire and um, dedicate full-time to his family. Um, That was something that was brought up earlier this season where he kind of mentioned off the cuff that it's something that he was contemplating. He would, of course, be leaving that money on the table as a member of the Boston Bruins. Uh, his actual salary for next season is $6.5 million. So he'd be walking away from that. Um, I don't know. Not many people would do that. But again, if he's prioritizing his family, then I would fully understand. He has made upwards of $55 million to date in his career. He does have a modified no trade clause, meaning... Uh, There's a list of 15 teams that he can be traded to, but if he were to come back, uh, I don't see why it would be with anybody but the Boston Bruins. So at this point, 
I think it's fair to say that uh, Rask and Halak will most likely be back for at least one more season each. After that, um, who knows? Uh, you know, Dan Vlader came in in relief of Halak in the playoffs. He seems to have a leg up on uh, either the next backup role or uh, the next to be promoted to the NHL level. Uh, Kyle Kieser, Jeremy Swayman are also waiting in the wings. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, in my mind, Halak's back 100%. He re-upped with the Bruins, signed that contract. Rask, uh, I'm almost positive we'll be back. Um, the only way he wouldn't is if he chooses uh, just to finish his career. He is only 33 years old. He is a Vesna Trophy finalist, so he still has a lot of gas left in the tank. And... Um, I'd like to see him back as a member of the Boston Bruins, uh, for sure. Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake. They're all covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and the great thing is that they are healthy for you. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. They come in 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. At the moment, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you can get $10 off your next order. Not your first order, your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. While supplies last, you can get a free cooler with your purchase as well. BuiltBar has reset the promo code for a relaunch, and you can get $10 off, like I said, your next order by using promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Now moving out to the defense core, there are two big question marks here, as we're all aware. One being Tory Krug, a 29-year-old defenseman who is set to become an unrestricted free agent at season's end, meaning he will be free to either re-sign with the Boston Bruins or uh, sign a new contract with any of the NHL's other 30 teams. I think there is a desire on both sides for a deal to work, and... In order for that to happen, I think Krug will have to take less than what he could get on the open market. So Krug will have a decision to make whether or not he wants to um, remain a part of the Bruins core and take less than what he may be worth on the open market. You know, whether he values uh, continuity, uh, the relationships that he's built in Boston, another crack at a cup with this group or whether he is ready to kind of uh, spread his wings and see what else is out there. I think I have said all along that one tempting factor may be uh, to go home. Players always do like to, not always, but sometimes will uh, like to go and play close to uh, where they grew up, where their family continues to reside, and for Tory Krug, that would be Michigan and the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings were the worst team in the NHL last season. They didn't get the top pick in the NHL draft, uh, so they're clearly rebuilding, but they do have Steve Eiserman there, 
and he has built uh, quite a team in Tampa Bay, so that might be enticing for Krug. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the Montreal Canadiens as well, which would be devastating for us as Bruins fans. Um, I think that a big factor will be, of course, the flat salary cap heading into next season. It's going to remain at $81.5 million. There will be some teams with cap space that could offer him a pretty nice deal. Uh, teams like the Ottawa Senators, New Jersey Devils, Los Angeles Kings, for example, the Colorado Avalanche have a ton of cap space, if you can believe it. Um, and they, you know, are on the brink of something special out there. So I think he'll have options. Uh, my gut is that, quite honestly, I don't really know which way uh, he's leaning. He hasn't really tipped his hand either way. And uh, I would love to see him remain a Bruin. But at the same time, do I want the Bruins to invest six, seven, even eight million dollars in a, a 29-year-old defenseman? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Uh, so if they can get him signed to a nice team-friendly deal, kind of in the sixes, then I'd be all for it. Uh, but having said that, uh, I don't know if they should be making him the team's highest paid player, uh, exceeding the contract of David Krejci, uh, who we'll get to in a moment uh, as part of the forward core. Zdeno Chara is also an unrestricted free agent. Uh, obviously, he's been the captain for almost 15 years now, a huge member of the Boston Bruins, arguably the impetus for all the success that they have achieved over the last 10, 12 years. Uh, his signing is one of the best in the salary cap era. Uh, the fact that they were able to uh, coax him to come over from Ottawa was a huge coup, and he has really set the tone for this team over the years and helped to build this kind of uh, winning culture that they have uh, strong leadership, accountability, and um, I, for one, will shed a tear if and when he does choose to retire. His ice time was way down in the playoffs. Uh, it's clear that at 43 years old, despite his uh, you know, exceptional fitness levels, that his speed isn't quite there to keep up with the younger players in the NHL. If the Bruins had won last year, I, I think he would have uh, called it a day then. I think he wanted to come back this season to try to go out on top. Circumstances being what they are, didn't get that opportunity. Uh, does he want to go out in the midst of a global pandemic, shaking hands with the lightning in front of uh, no fans? I don't know. Uh, but uh, if he were to come back, uh, the Bruins would you know, have to do it on the cheap. And it would have to not hinder their ability to sign other players. You know, with the uncertainty surrounding next season, if and when it will come back, uh, the Bruins likely will be playing again in an empty arena because of COVID-19. Um, I'm leaning towards him retiring. There seems to be a lot of, of smoke here, and um, my sense is that he will uh, call it a day. But again, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope to see him on the ice again. But that's just uh, my gut feeling at this point. So if the Bruins are going to compete for a cup again, it might be without uh, Zdeno Chara, and that would be a big loss. If 
the Bruins were to lose both Krug and Chara, then that would be a massive setback for the team, and that would uh, definitely put a huge dent in their uh, cup aspirations for next season. That would leave on the left side, you know, Matt Grizzlick, John Moore, Jeremy Lozon, Yerhav Vakanainen, perhaps even Jacobs Borrell, those guys to fight for those um, spots, those three left-handed spots. And, uh, you know, that's a very, I would say, perhaps promising at best, but a definite downgrade over Krug and Chara. Matt Grizzlick, I should add, is a restricted free agent, so he has to get signed. Uh, Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo are clearly the future of the Bruins' defense. They will, uh, have, if Krug and Chara move along, then uh, Carlo and McAvoy will become kind of the core defensemen for this team. And, um, you know, John Moore, <laughs> for whatever reason, is the longest signed defenseman. He's under contract f- uh, for three more seasons. Uh, so barring a trade, uh, he could be, uh, you know, a guy who is called upon to be a regular defenseman for the Bruins moving forward as well. I should add, to finish off the defense, that uh, McAvoy will be an RFA in uh, 2022. Carlo will be an RFA after next season. So those guys will both be looking for big deals as well, no doubt. So as it pertains to the core on defense, there could be a big shift there, and and that would certainly be uh, a detriment to the Bruins' hopes for next season. Let's finish off by looking at the forward core. And one debatable core member who needs to be dealt with this summer is Jake DeBrusque. He's a restricted free agent coming off his entry-level contract that paid him around $860,000 per season. He's going to be looking for a big contract, and if his agent has any say, he'll be pushing for a deal that is more in line with what Boston's star players are making. Brad Marchand, 6.125. David Pasternak, 6.66. Patrice Bergeron, 6.875. His agent wants him to be paid like other uh, RFAs have been paid in the past, uh, like Kyle Connor, for example, who's making upwards of seven. For me, he didn't show enough this past season to warrant that big of a pay raise. He only scored 19 goals and added 16 assists for 35 points in 65 games. Uh, That's a decrease from last season, which was one point fewer from his rookie season. He did score 27 goals in 68 games in 2018-19, but eight goals less in just three fewer games this season in the playoffs. 13 games, he scored four goals, uh, did not record an assist. And uh, to move from that to demand a big pay raise, uh, it's my belief that this could get kind of messy and that he could be a candidate to be moved at some point during the offseason. It's not without precedent in Bruins land, of course. Phil Kessel was dealt. Uh, Dougie Hamilton was dealt uh, in the same situation. And it could be uh, a similar thing here where the Bruins just are unwilling to uh, deal with with such a player who's 
you know, not fitting in. Not he does fit in, I think, personality wise. There was that article this season about how the Bruins kind of uh, use him as a, a a bit of a punching bag in the locker room. It's good natured, of course, and he rolls with it. Uh, but uh, you know, a big part of it is performance on the ice. DeBrusque did not step up in the playoffs nor in the regular season. Didn't take that next step that the Bruins were looking for uh, to become like a 30-goal scorer. And so if he's going to come in making those kind of demands, then I could see them just saying, you know, it's not happening. Uh, let's see what we can get for you on the open market. Um, a trade market, I should say. And especially if his agent is going to stick to those guns and really push for that big contract. Now, in terms of the other core members, uh, Brad Marchand is signed for uh, one, two, three, four, five more seasons. Pasternak, three more seasons. Bergeron, two more seasons. And David Krejci, only one more season. He is the team's highest paid player at $7.25 million. I think uh, we saw how much he brings to the table in the playoffs. There's a lot of talk about playoff crutch and... Um, Obviously, I would love to see him finish off his career as a Bruin. If he were to resign after next year, then it would be at a reduced rate. He is 34 at the moment. He'll be 35 when that contract comes up. Um, so how, mo- how much and how long are you going to invest in him? Uh, that remains to be seen. Bergeron will be uh, 30, 37 when his deal comes up. Uh, Obviously, the core player to build around at the moment is David Pasternak. As for the rest of the guys, you know, there's one season left, perhaps, with uh, Bergeron, Krejci, and Coyle down the middle. Coyle is signed. Coyle is signed to the longest deal among any Bruin. He uh, is under contract through 2025-26 at a very reasonable 5.25 million. He likely will be the second-line center when David Krejci uh, does end up leaving the Bruins at some point. And, of course, we have Jack Stanika who will come up and can fill in as the third-line center. Um, so, yeah, there's a big question mark around uh, David Krejci as to whether he will be a Bruin for the long term or if next season is his last. If the Bruins... And Krejci can't come to a contract resolution. I could see him perhaps retiring, finishing his career back in Europe. Uh, but that's, you know, kind of speculation on my part. So all that said, the Bruins core, just based on the current contract situations, just putting aside everything else off the ice, has perhaps seen its last run at things. If you consider the fact that both Krug and Chara could be gone, if even one of them's gone, then there you go. That's the last kick of the can that this core has had. In net up front, then you have at least one more season with everyone in tow with a question mark surrounding uh, Jake DeBrusque, who as a restricted free agent could be, could be moved, but... We'll get more intel on that as the offseason progresses and then we get a sense of how the contract negotiations are going. So at least one more season with you know, Krejci, Bergeron, Coyle down the middle. Jack Stanika will be a full-time member. 
he's a core member going forward, in my opinion, but we're talking about the current core, of course, at the moment. Um, so, yeah, one more season of Krejci, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand, Coyle, you can put in there as a core member now, I think. Uh, he was with the team for one cup run, at least. Um, so, one more season with them, one more season with Rask and Halak, ideally, if Rask decides to come back, and then still some question marks on defense with Chara and Krug. So, is this the end of the Bruins' current core? Well, yes, possibly, if one of or both of Krug and Chara decide not to come back. Uh, but otherwise, they should have at least one more season with everyone in tow, including the forward core, again, with DeBrusque as the big caveat. So I don't think it's quite time to to mourn the end of an era here for the Bruins. Uh, there certainly will be some uh, changes, I would expect. There will be some uh, transitions. I'd like to see some younger players be on the roster uh, next season, including uh, Stanika for sure, perhaps even Trent Frederick, maybe uh, a Zach Sanishin as well. On defense, there could be plenty of opportunities for guys to step up if one of those two guys ends up leaving. Um, so, yeah, I think on the blue line is where we'll see the biggest transition with the possibility of, of some changes up front as well. And hopefully the goaltending duo will be back to help stabilize whatever changes are going on in front of them. So that's a, a long-winded way of saying expect some change, but let's not uh, hold a funeral quite yet for this Bruins group. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I thank you so much for taking some time to listen. Let me know what you think. If you agree, disagree, hit me up on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins or at ENC McLaren. You can also email feedback to LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. Hope you all have a great Wednesday. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow because this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends.